welcome to our podcast. We are beloved daughters of Christ. And this is At The Well. Welcome back everyone to our second Advent episode of At The Well. And as always, it's Erica, Rachel, and Alex. And we want to welcome our special guest, who we'll introduce very shortly. And we just want to let you know that the theme for today's episode will be Ready or Not. And especially as we are in the second week of Advent, this episode will be all about what it is to be prepared for Christmas. Thanks, Erica. So I have the huge pleasure of introducing an awesome guest speaker who I've had the huge gift in my life of knowing for half of my life now, who, (laughs) when I met, was the director of the OCY, the Office of Catholic Youth for the Archdiocese, and then was blessed to have him as my pastor, and so grateful for his spiritual direction uh, for all of us, and now he is the rector of St. Augustine Seminary, none other than the biggest Seinfeld fan I know. Thank you, thank you very much for that wonderful welcome. It's good to be here, good to be here. Good to have you, Father. So we normally open our episodes with a prayer, so if we could ask you to lead us in prayer. Sure, sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we thank you for the gift of the Advent season where you remind us that we are called to wait on you. We are called to prepare our hearts to love you more and more each day. And fill us with your Holy Spirit and guide us that in all things we may continue to trust in you, we may continue to hope in you. Be with us in difficult times, be with us in our brokenness and our sinfulness and help us to prepare to serve you, who are our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for that, Father, and thank you again for joining us today for the second episode of our Advent series. We're really thrilled to have you. Who better, we thought, than to have the person who's preparing all these young men for priesthood at the seminary to help us understand how we can prepare ourselves for Christmas and the coming of baby Jesus. Mm. So having taken a look and thinking on what it is to prepare our hearts and prepare ourselves, we started to actually look at the different figures in the story itself. And just, I guess to start us off, Father, maybe if you could share with us some of your favorite figures in this story and you know how you thought that they were prepared for the coming of Christ. Well, here at the seminary this year, we have been looking at the life of St. Joseph. And I've really been fascinated with St. Joseph, not because he's a man. I love our Blessed Mother. But St. Joseph speaks to all of us today because there's very little mentioned in the scriptures about St. Joseph. And yet the little that is mentioned says a lot. And that's how our life needs to be. Joseph was obedient to God. He took care of Mary and Jesus and was happy to just walk in the background. 
Nothing much is said of him, and that's his greatness. Because in our world, in our society today, it's all about fame, it's all about money, it's all about externals. And St. Joseph and our Blessed Mother remind us that, you know, that is not the life we are called to live. Not the external life, it's more the internal life, the interior life, the heart. So Joseph is really somebody I have been looking at very closely and his care for Mary, the sacrifices he made. That is what I wish all men, especially listening to this, we need to be like St. Joseph. St. Joseph really is somebody I think about more and more. And um, as a man, as a priest, to, to be like St. Joseph with the intercession of our Blessed Mother. So he strikes me and, and the three wise men. The three wise men all had their plans of life, what they wanted to do. They were searching for truth. They were really sincere seekers of the truth. And Herod had other plans. But you notice the scripture says that they came to Jesus, they bowed, they adored him, they gave him gifts, and then they went another way. In the spiritual life, the other way is to repentance turning away from our self-centeredness and our ego and moving another way, which is the way of Christ. That is what the Christmas story reminds us, that we go to encounter Jesus. But the Advent season is a preparation to let go. Like the three wise men, we are journeying to Bethlehem and preparing to let go. And that's what this life is all about. So the wise men, Joseph, Mary, there's so much. It's so wonderful. And so as you were talking, Father, one thing that kind of stood out that you were saying was how it's so important for us to go and spend some time quietly and inwardly, just like St. Joseph did, and kind of reflecting on everything. And it almost seems like God is kind of forcing us to do that during yeah. this time of COVID-19. and Almost in this world where we're kind of in chaos of always moving around to and fro and just kind of doing everything all the time and having a million and one things to do. It's almost like this internal life is almost being forced upon us right mm. now um, to take some time to, to go in and mm. to see what's there in our heart. And when you think about that in contrast to the characters in the story, mm. where they were actually being forced to go into this crazy chaotic city where everyone was called to go to sign up for the census and all of this. And it's like these characters, they did have that peace in, in them already. This kind of paradox of our lives right now in contrast to what was happening then. Yeah. yeah uh, you know, I want to speak to that about chaos. This always strikes me in the Christmas narrative because we sing Silent Night, Holy Night. But think about that first Christmas. I don't think it was a silent night. Our Lord is born in a stable. There's animals, there's bad aroma, there's all kinds of things. And in that chaos, God chooses to be present, Emmanuel God with us. And here's an important lesson when it comes to the life of faithful Mary and Joseph. God was present in the chaos of their lives. Their lives never went as they would have wanted it to go. Think about St. Joseph. Uh, he thought, okay, I'll say yes to, to getting Mary, and he did. And then what happens? The angel said, okay, after Jesus was born, Joseph, get up. Herod's going to kill Jesus. We want you to go. So his life is uprooted again. Same with Mary. But in, I think, the chaos of our lives, God is there. God is there. God never abandons us. That's what we'll hear at Christmas time. Emmanuel, God with us. God not somewhere at a distance, with us. Right in that chaos, right in our brokenness, God is there. And God chooses to be there, but we must allow him to be there. I think the COVID is a time 
where God is teaching us what he taught us in the scriptures when he uh, was reminding us how to pray. He said, go to your room, shut the door. I think God is shutting us down. Mm -hmm. If you look at it that way, but everything in the scriptures is God taking the initiative. God is reaching down to us. Why? Because he loves us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his son, right? So God is doing it. God is doing it in Mary's life. God is doing it in Joseph's life. God can do it in our lives. But what we can learn from Mary and Joseph is to be docile, to be open. That God loves us more than we can love ourselves, but we need to surrender on a daily basis. It doesn't come overnight. Just every day, like our Blessed Mother say, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. Or as we say in the Eucharist, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only say your word. Again, that word uh, that we need to live by. Mm -hmm. oh, that's so beautiful. I also particularly enjoyed you talking about that first nativity scene. Mm -hmm. And then just thinking about the joyful mysteries and, and chaos. Like if you really think about each mystery, there could be like a lot of chaos in the world. And even then the joy of finding Jesus in the temple, but oh my gosh, what were those days like? And how docility is so important to be able to truly happen, to have a sense of peace amidst the chaos in this life. So um, zoning in more on like docility, what does it mean to be docile? And why do we need to be docile? Okay, so, so what are we trying to reflect on the Christmas season or in the Christian life is the coming of Jesus, the first coming. Why did Jesus come into the world? Because God wanted a covenant that was broken because of original sin, but God has restored and trying to build that covenant. And now that covenant is in the person of Jesus Christ. What did Jesus come to do? To restore us back to God, but to restore our humanity, our fallen humanity. So to be truly human, and people may want to know, what does it mean to be truly human? Is to be like Jesus. Because in him is everything we need to know what it means to be human and in his teachings. And for us then, docility would be to empty myself and my way of thinking and put on, as St. Paul would say, the heart and mind of Jesus, to be like Jesus. So whether I'm married, whether I'm single, whether I'm a priest, I'm a religious, whoever I am, docility means to be like Jesus. When Mary said, here I am, the servant, that's docility, servant of the Lord, how great she was, yet she considered herself a servant, a vessel. Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me, not according to my word, your word. That is docility. The word is Jesus. The word is the second person of the Trinity. Docility is my daily letting go and putting on the heart and mind of Jesus. That's the very simple explanation. It's humble. That's the human. That's to be human. Uh, it's not something highly flighty or, you know, you have to pray all day. It's just to be like Jesus. My prayer is asking God for that grace to just be like him in all things to accept his will, especially in difficult moments, to say yes to him, like our Blessed Mother.
Thank you for that, Father. And hearing you reflect on that made me think about how easy it can seem to just make docility a theory mm. and then how much harder it is to put that into practice, right? Like, oh yeah, it's easy. Just completely surrender uh, your own will. And uh, it sounds like the ultimate, you know, easier said than done. And it also makes me think in the Christmas story, especially when you talked about Mary and Joseph and how they really had to go with the flow. They're, they're never given the whole picture. They're just given a situation and here's what God's asking and respond so it seems like one of the elements of docility that we really need in our life that we can learn from them is how to be prepared for the unexpected here's what our blessed mother and Saint Joseph the more I reflect on their lives and how their lives were turned upside down at every moment and for our blessed mother to stand by the cross is that no matter what's happening in my life here's docility to know that God is with me, to know that Emmanuel God with us. St. Alphonsus Liguri, and I keep reminding myself of this uniformity to God's will, what does he say? He says that everything that comes our way, good, bad, everything that happens out there, you know, whether it's a good day, a bad day, see it as God's will. So to accept anything that's happening in my life, okay, God's will. So just a few days ago, you know, I hurt my back and things like that. I says. First, initially I was whining and complaining, oh my God, my back, I can't do this, I can't do that. And we all do that, right? But I've learned that to just say, God, this is your will. And then what happens is, it doesn't mean that the problem goes away, but then you realize, okay, God, you're in control. Docility, meaning giving God control, that you and I are not in control of our lives, God is. And we don't evaluate or assess our faith based on what is going on in our lives. But we assess our faith, do we still know that God is with us? And even if we lack that faith to realize that God is with us because of the chaos that's going on, if we can just say that simple yes, Lord, I do not believe, help my unbelief. And God hears that prayer. And I tell the seminarians that formation is formation of the heart, a heart that is restless. All of our hearts are restless. In Augustine, our patron said that our hearts are restless until they rest in God. And so we need, uh, I would encourage you during the Christmas and the Advent and Christmas season to spend even one minute thinking about this, that you are loved by God. And God loves us more than you and I can love ourselves. And docility is to be open to that love, to whatever God wants to do. Whatever God wants to do, whatever, just to say yes and see where that takes us. I think the world and the society we live in is all about success and failure. God is about faithfulness. It's not about success and failure. It's about faithfulness. Even if we sin, can we still say, I'm loved by God? That's what docility is, coming back to Jesus. Coming back to Jesus. Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. That's a great way to kind of understand what docility is. I think it's also really important to note something that you had mentioned earlier, and that is it's really a change of our hearts. Kind of opening up the heart to God and what He is asking from us, or what He is just asking us to do in that moment, even. And it goes moment to moment. And so, knowing that we are so fickle and weak, <laughs> Father, how would you suggest that we really prepare, not just, I guess, in the coming of Christmas, but also how do we keep Jesus with us as we receive Him at Christmas throughout the rest of the year as well? How do we continue to prepare ourselves for whatever way he, he kind of moves us? I think to prepare is 
to spend time alone with our Lord, even five minutes. If you don't have five minutes, even three minutes. If you don't have three minutes, even one minute. And, and in that one minute, if you have that time, to just think that you are a beloved son and daughter of the Lord. That's what our baptism, we become children of God. And that is what we are, as St. John says, right? And beloved, God loved us first. God takes the initiative to love us. So we, we don't spend time just thinking about that truth. That's what prayer is, right? Thinking about that truth that I am loved by God. I am the beloved son and daughter of the Lord. So then that's the prayer. And then the sacramental life. I know this is tough during COVID times, but if you can live stream, watch the Eucharist. It's right there, Jesus. If you can receive him, wonderful. Staying close to Jesus. That's how we prepare. And then to let go of the excess baggage. And I always share this story because whenever I have these trips to India, I always carry excess baggage. And what do you have to do when you carry excess baggage? You have to pay. Right? You have to pay. So this is what you do. Anyway you carry excess baggage, you've got to pay. Think about that as our final goal and our final destination is not here. It's heaven. So we have to look into our lives, look into our hearts, reflect on the gospel. I would recommend reading the gospel every day and ask ourselves, am I able to live that out? And ask God to give us that strength to live it out for that day. And let go of the excess baggage, whatever that excess baggage is. One excess baggage that is happening and continues to happen even in parish communities is gossip, is the tongue. You know, St. James says this, and the tongue is fire. The tongue is an unrighteous world among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the cycle of nature, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creatures can be tamed and have been tamed by humankind, but no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. Now listen to this. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who are made in the likeness of God. As to always remind people at St. Barnabas, when you're leaving church on Christmas Day, wish people a Merry Christmas, even the person who cuts you off in the parking lot. <laughs> right? Because so often we forget, we've come there, we've encountered Jesus, Jesus is with us, and we are ready to mouth off at somebody and say all these nasty things. But the Word becomes flesh, that's Jesus. That's the word that has to be. That's why to be fully human is to be like Jesus, to speak words of life. That's a simple, practical way of living like Jesus, to speak what is good about the other person. And if we have nothing good to speak about the other person, then let's reserve that judgment. Pray for the other person if they're not living the life they're supposed to live. But gossip, if, if, if we can get rid of that. Even the nastiness that sometimes, let's say a bishop or priest is not living his particular life in you know, we put our blogs and no, we mustn't participate in things like that. So these are some practical ways of, of living, of getting rid of some excess baggage. I think Christmas always tends to be a decorations and I love decorations and all of that, but that is exterior. I, I know I, I get caught up with technology and I get caught up with the internet, but maybe we need to cut down. So each has to decide 
is that taking us away from the love of God and our neighbor and, and kind of excess baggage? But again, always consult somebody before you get rid. Don't do it cold turkey, otherwise you go crazy. <laughs> so do it in little moderation. So that is one thing. Material pleasures, you know, whether it's clothes or whatever, just moderation. Think about Mary and Joseph, right? They live a very simple life. And think about Jesus. He comes to us in the simple elements of bread and wine. There's the docility. God coming to us in the elements of bread and wine. And so we give back to God just our life, our gifts, our talents, all for the glory of God. Uh, that's another thing, uh, how to live your life for heaven. Whatever the gifts and talents you have, use it for of God and the good of others. And every day increase that goodness because the gifts and talents are, is the grace of God working in our lives. Uh, sometimes we are so focused and yes, we need to work on our weakness and our sinfulness, but how about focusing more on the goodness of God that is present in our gifts and talents and use that for the glory of God and the good of others. We are on the right way to heaven. That's so beautiful. Father, I love this analogy of the, the luggage and the, the baggage and, and it just made me think of like, oh, one of the best ways that my heart feels prepared and soul to even receive Jesus is just going to confession and just literally how it's so heavy and it's like you're paying for it and then all of a sudden you go to confession and you receive his mercy over and over again and then it's like, oh, Man, it's so nice to not carry that luggage, not carry that baggage. I don't know what if you do this, but I tend to do this. So we come to Mass or we come to prayer with a baggage of worries and everything. And we're supposed to leave it there. But guess what we do? We take it back. <laughs> That's why our Lord said, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. But then he didn't stop there. He says, take my yoke upon you. In other words, now my mission, that's what I want you to think about my words and learn from me, for I'm gentle and my yoke is easy. And that's also in the resurrection narrative. He asked St. Peter, St. Peter wasn't ready. He just asked him, do you love me? And I think if you really want to ask yourself a question in prayer, that's what our Lord would ask each of us. Do we love him? And each of us has to give the response. And how much? Like, maybe we may not be able to love him as much, but every day in prayer, let us try to increase that love for him. Let us show it practically in, in the way we live, in the way we live our lives, that saintly life. Sister Brish McKenna, when she was here at the seminary for a retreat, what does it mean to be a saint? What does it mean to be holy? To be like Jesus. And I say, what does it mean to be fully human? To be like Jesus. No better way. That's what the saints live. Just in a simple life, wherever you are, you don't have to get up and go to a missionary country. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just try to be like Jesus with His grace. Yeah, and I'm really glad that in hearing your reflections, Father, you drew in so much about how it's not just about preparing for Christmas or preparing for any liturgical season or even year, but it's really about preparing for sainthood and heaven. So that actually made me think about how Advent definitely has that dual meaning even in the readings right it's, it's the coming of Jesus ushering Christmas time in but it's also the time when we really think actively about Jesus who still is to come at the end of time the second coming and this COVID pandemic has made us realize that we are mortal beings God could call us anytime any moment and we will hear at Advent which is a time of waiting are we ready and we'll hear words in the reading 
keep awake. Keep awake meaning keep alert. What do we have? What, do, what does that mean? It means first to always be aware that God is with us. And then ask ourselves, if I love God, am I living as he has called me to live? If not, you know, it's not the end of the world. I just repent. I'm sorry. I go to confession. I'm sorry for my sins and ask God for the grace to live. Because to live according to his word is to be my true self. To be my true self is to live according to his word. To live like Jesus is to be, live my true self. If I choose anything else, I don't become my true self because I'm made in the image and likeness of God. And the desire, as the Catechism says, this desire for God is written in all of us. That's how God has created us. So Christmas is a reminder that Jesus came to restore us. So if you're feeling bad about yourself and whatever's happening in your life and the chaos, Christmas is a reminder that Jesus came for you and me, broken our people to restore us. But it's now for us, he's done it, it's for us to move. And because he has a plan for each and every one of us. And be ready, you know, again. Whenever the time comes, boom, gone, over. <laughs> and the twinkling of an eye, right? That's yes. <laughs> yeah. So the second, so Advent, two comings. The first coming that happened almost 2,000 years ago. And the second coming, which we pray for at Mass, and we pray for, recite in the Creed, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. He will come again, but we got to be ready. Now, we can't speculate when that will happen. That is a waste of time. We just got to be ready and do whatever we are called to do, wherever we are at. So whether we're in university, at home, in the seminary, in the mall, wherever, be the person God made us to be. I think, you know, what, what we had in mind in terms of how the conversation was going to flow, we were actually going to ask you at one point, about any practical applications to how to prepare ourselves. But I felt like this whole conversation uh, was just a practical application. You have a great way of, of making our faith so tangible for us to mm -hmm. understand, Father, and we truly appreciate it. It makes us feel like there are really concrete things that we can do um, in our own lives in order to really prepare ourselves. And you always guide us in yeah. that direction. So yeah. thanks. Thanks for your um, And so I think one of the things that we also like to do um, during our episodes is really to relate the, the episode with the woman at the well. Mm -hmm. And maybe Erica, you can kind of expand on that a little bit. Yeah, so one of the things we, we talked about when we were just contemplating that narrative of the woman at the well and how she fits into this it actually sparked a lot of good thoughts just based on our conversation here. Um, particularly the idea, Father Edwin, you were mentioning how the wise men were the kinds of people who encountered Jesus and then went a different way. Yeah. And in so many ways, we can see that in the Samaritan woman, right? She has a deeply transformative encounter with Jesus, and then she actually repents, converts, and changes her life and lives entirely in a different way. Um, and the other thing that struck me about her readiness, it was a really nice thought that I had that connected to St. Joseph. And uh, we already know from the biblical narrative that St. Joseph, though he doesn't utter words, like you said in the scriptures, he's a character who can recognize the activity of God and respond to it. But that's because he's disposed to recognize what's needed of him. So even if that took place in a dream, he recognized that the angel was calling him in a dream. And interestingly enough, for the woman at the well, though I think we would all feel she wasn't going to the well intending to meet the Messiah that day, mm -hmm. she actually had this disposition, we can infer, 
where she was ready to then receive the words that he said. Mm. She was ready for his revelation, for the fact that he was going to ask her um, and tell her about her past and ask her intimate questions and then lead her to this greater understanding, which I don't think he could have taken her to that place if she wasn't in freedom ready to go to that place. So she's actually like an interesting uh, character that I think thought one day was going to go one way and then left that day with a whole new life. Ready or not. <laughs> so, so, so I think she has a lot to teach us about what it means to lead a transformed life as well. Yeah. Erica, you said something, a word you used about the woman at the well is disposition. This is the key to living the life of God, disposition. Because I can go to God, I can pray, but it's my own agenda. Disposition is to completely be open to the other. And that's when she was like the wise men. They went and were totally open to what they would encounter. And because of that disposition, you know, conversion happened. And I think this is the key. If we go setting our own agenda, we'll be disappointed. But just go, just knowing that, you know, God will do something. Allow God to lead. Don't try to control God. To see God in everything that I do. And, and the woman becomes the first evangelist, the Samaritan woman. But a heart that is changed. She said, um, okay, I'm not uh, living this life I'm supposed to live. Uh, but then, you know, our Lord doesn't condemn her. She goes with joy. And she evangelizes, as is there in John's Gospel. People came, not because of the one. And, uh, and so they came to encounter Jesus. That's what we need to do. When we encounter Jesus in confession on the sacraments, we need to have that joy to tell people about him. Uh, sometimes by our words, uh, always by our actions. That's how the saints live their lives. And so a thought that I had as you were both speaking earlier, Father, was you mentioned how we have to be truly human. And I think the woman at the well in her encounter with God was just completely herself. Yes. She was just, you know, she was just honest. Yeah. And when Jesus confronted her about her past, she just, she accepted it. And she said, you're right. How is it that you know this about me? Because you must be him, right? Yeah. And so, and, and I think just that understanding of truth, when we say, you said the wise men were seekers of truth. Mm. And it's, it's being able to actually be truthful even within ourselves yes. and then be truthful to who we are outside of ourselves and to be honest with those around us as well yeah. um, and just be willing to be that honest and that honesty makes us vulnerable which is our humanity in a lot of ways yeah. and this is Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah. And in hearing both of you I think it just ties more wonderfully the women at the well to that Christmas point that you're making Father Edmund which is Christmas wasn't the most ideal time or even silent time for the Savior to be born but Jesus still is God with us in the mm -hmm. chaos and like Rachel you just pointed out it was so beautiful that in the case of the woman he didn't wait for her life to be moral enough or perfect enough mm -hmm. he showed up in her chaos and said I don't care about your past I don't care if you're on husband number six, um, you know, like, I want to meet you and have an encounter. I'm with you here in your chaotic life. So, yeah. What, what do we see, the, the mercy of God? 
In the Christmas story, the mercy of God, God's mercy reaching down to us. St. John Paul, in his wonderful encyclical, God who's rich in mercy, Dives et misericordia, what does he say? God reaches down to every person, to their human misery, to their sin, and brings them back. That's what Christmas does for us. God reaches. So it is God who takes the initiative. In confession, we always think, oh, I have to go. No, God is doing it for us. God is so, if any time we feel terrible because of our sinfulness and brokenness, let us always look to the cross. Uh, because right in the Christmas story, uh, you think about the cross where Mary's wrapping her baby with swaddling clothes. And she will do the same thing at the crucifixion. She will wrap her son in, drape him in, in cloth and to bury him. So that cross is that great love. And the cross is the first sign that was made on our forehead at baptism. So a reminder that we are the chosen ones. And just like that woman, you and I can experience that every day. But we have to go that different way. Uh, sometimes we'll fall again and again and again and again and again. And God is ready to forgive us again and again and again. But we mustn't take God's love for granted. Always prepare, ask the Lord to give us that right disposition, that openness. And even if we are broken and weak, God will still work through us. Look at St. Paul and St. Peter and Mary Magdalene <laughs> and St. <Saint> Augustine. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> All the saints. <laughs> yeah, that's so beautiful, Father. Thanks so much for guiding such a beautiful discussion that can just help bring us back and always help our hearts be oriented towards the only one who can heal us and bring us to ultimate love and joy. Yeah, so beautiful. Really enjoyed this conversation. Another, another thing that just thought just came to me besides God is, you know, what else do we need? I, I talked about prayer, getting rid of this and that. You need like-minded friends. Mm. You need like-minded friends to support you because we need to support each other. That's why we go to church, right? Mm. One is to pray together, but also to encourage each other in the faith. That's what the early church community. And so you're probably doing this as a podcast is one way of connecting. Other ways now you have to use the internet. Such a blessing that we can do this. Mm. So like-minded people to talk, to reflect on God's word and help each other, encourage each other. St. Barnabas, right? That's what he did, encourage, uh, if you can do that. I love that so much because it perfectly ties in actually to what I'm going to talk about next. But ask you about is we like to always talk about a God incident in our lives, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's like the past week or day, whatever it may be. So we always like to talk about something that where we just like really felt God's love and knew his love was present. So would you mind sharing your God incident of the week or day? To share one or two or okay. a wonderful uh, experience I had was last Saturday. Uh, I celebrate Mass for the Sisters of Life every Saturday morning. And last Saturday, they had a day of prayer and healing for women who've had an abortion. And I am always nervous because I don't want to say the wrong word. And she said, Lord, you, t you take care of whatever. And just to see how these women experienced so much of brokenness in their lives had now were ready to open their hearts to, to the Lord. And it was just a wild moment for me, just to see how, what God was doing in their life. And that was a powerful moment. The other was when I hurt my back. And as I said, you know, whining and complaining, but I've learned just to surrender. And I said, 
okay, God is with me. So what if my back is hurting? And then I never thought about my back. I, I've learned that when I experience these difficult situations, it's taken me a long time to learn this. Uh, you know how people say, offer it up? I've really learned the truth of those words to offer it up. Mm -hmm. That whenever I go through a tough time or something is not going my way, to pray for somebody who needs my prayer. And I pray for that person. And so there are, those were the God moments. Uh, there have been many, I mean, with the seminarians, every day is a God moment. <laughs> Being here at the seminary is a God moment, just to see from the time they enter and how their hearts changed. And for me, it's like, you know, wedding day is like ordination day. <laughs> ordination day is like wedding day for, for most of you. And I just look at these men and I'm in tears because I've seen them since they started. And to see how God, worked in their life. Yes, I'm the rector, but the Holy Spirit is in charge of this place. The rector and the formators have to make sure that whatever happens here is the movement of the Holy Spirit to help the men. And so Cardinal Collins says this, there's two things that can happen. One is where the man goes to be ordained and where the man goes to another way of life. Only two options. So every day is a God moment for me at the seminary. That's so awesome. And like I've, uh, man, uh, my experience with you and half of my life now, I could definitely feel many God incidents and God's love through you being a vessel with your yes. Learning from Mary's yes and how many millions and billions of people were impacted by this one woman's yes and many other people's yeses after that and including yours and how that's impacted my life and being able to feel the Lord's love so many times even when I felt like the woman at the well many times. Yeah, just so beautiful and just through the conversation and words and everything, it's just so clear you are just living that out. So we're so grateful for your wisdom and, and your prayer life because it, it just shows through all of your words and actions. So. So grateful. I'm not perfect, so yeah, no you know, is. I have my. <laughs> but the second Sunday of Advent, and this is podcast is going to go second Sunday of Advent. Think about the words of Saint John the Baptist. If you want to, a little line to how to live your life, and Saint John the Baptist said this, right? He must increase, I must decrease. Mm -hmm. That's if you keep that and try to live that out every day. He is Jesus, and I is our own ego. And if we try to do that, just read the scriptures. If you don't want to read all the scriptures, just read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's all there, starting with the Beatitudes. It's a good condensed version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so for my God incident, I feel like I want to say two as well. I'm going to. One I just thought about during this conversation, it just reminded me of a time in my life when I was having spiritual direction with you in this room. You were talking about St. Joseph and everything that he was doing in the life and how little he was talked about, but in the same room and I think where you were sitting, I was sitting and you had told me if the vocation to marriage was to be my calling in life, to pray for a man like St. Joseph and from there I had really done that and I was trying to be very open to the Lord to work whatever way he wanted in my life and I remember just praying looking at the statue and then not too long after my earthly St. Joseph came into my life so I always connect that but it was just a, like a really beautiful reminder of my heart and then you're talking about even um, marriage and then also relating to um, the ordinations being like that version of marriage but also my God incident is really just how you were talking about earlier just we're made to be in communion right with one another and be in community 
and how important intentional friendships are to guide each other. And so my other God incident is just these two ladies, how awesome they are and how instrumental they've been in my life. And just feeling the Lord's love multiple times, exactly when my heart needed it coming through them. So yeah, what about you, Rachel? Uh, there's been so many this week, so many. But you kind of took what my God incident was going to be, but I'll, I'll be more detailed and specific then uh, in regard to it. But this week I've just found that the Lord has been pushing me in a lot of different ways to kind of do things that I guess you could say I find difficult in my life or that I'm able to speak out in regards to to things that are difficult for me to speak out on. And so in doing so this week, it's, it's been a bit of a challenge, but I do feel like he's calling me to grow and calling me to be more courageous um, and to not be afraid to speak my mind or to, to be able to use the words that he's given me, to be able to, to say when something's not right or say when something is right. And so, Sometimes that's difficult, and what I do find is, especially as a mother, it's even more difficult because you, you have this um, natural inclination to just make everyone happy and okay, mm-hmm. right? And so it's difficult to kind of find that balance between, you know, being just and, and being able to still be loving and safe. You know and all that so but where the you know God's grace was in this week is in addition to that he always gives me people to kind of support in those moments and so as Father Edmund was saying earlier to have like-minded people mm-hmm. and I've leaned on both of you to kind of support me in those moments to guide me and with your own wisdom and to, to making sure that what I was doing was, was something that I would be able to um, come to the Lord with and, and to be able to surrender it to Him and also to be able to do what needed to be done in the situation. So, yeah, I'm grateful for it. Thanks, Rach. I think, I think for me, it's, it's, it's uncanny that, you know, Alex brought up marriage and St. Joseph, but for some reason, a lot of today's conversation, especially like receptivity and being prepared or learning to expect the unexpected actually did make me think about vocation in my case marriage like like for you too but also father edwin when you talked about preparing for seminary it seems like in all the vocations it's that moment where you say yes and formation is aimed to try to prepare you for what you're saying yes to but then when you say yes you're also preparing for the unexpected right you're saying yes to what you don't know so i've just been grateful in way too many ways to name especially this week for uh for my husband and for his ability to really go through the unknown with me um it's been a short ride so far barely over two years but uh, but safe to say god's thrown us some unexpected um, curveballs like everyone else and i've just been grateful for the way he really goes through those with me and uh, we can kind of uphold each other uh, sometimes fall together sometimes pick each other up but, but just be able to find God and be receptive, even if we have no idea what lays ahead. And that is how Mary and Joseph, right? Everything they said yes to the unexpected. They never knew, like not, nothing went, think about a blessed mother said yes. Like even the lost in the, when you see the humility of God, that it says that when Jesus, after Jesus was lost in the temple, he said he went back with his mother and father and he obeyed them. Mm. That's the humility of God. 
Mm. He was willing to submit to the human authority and that's how Jesus lived. He submitted to the authority. He could have easily destroyed the authority, but no, he chose to work. And this is the thing about humility. We always, as Catholics, work within the context of the church hierarchy. Never try to work against, no matter how much we disagree. I always try to tell the seminarians, always one of the big things is obedience to their bishop. You may not agree, but you will still respect. The same thing for young people with their parents. You may not agree with them, but you will respect them. And obedience is, there's a lot of freedom in obedience. It's very free. And to not obey, to be rebellious, is not free. It's, it doesn't make us who God made us to be. It's more for bondage. But obedience is very free. And this is in the life of the saints. You see, how did they live those free lives? It's because they were totally docile. I feel like I'm going to re-listen to this over and over and over again because there's so many golden nuggets that sometimes you just need even more time to really absorb and like let it take place. Yeah. But so beautiful, like how necessary in waiting for the Messiah, the second coming, in receiving him in the Eucharist and for Christmas, how important it is to prepare your heart and be prepared and work on this docility to be able to truly encounter him as he always meets us exactly where we are. Thank you so much for, for guiding us and leading us and for such spiritual beauty, just of the Lord's love. Praise God for Amen. this conversation. Thanks be to God. And also, you would be willing to lead us in our closing sure. prayer. Sure. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this time, this time of praying together, sharing with each other what you are doing in our lives and what you're doing in the lives of all those who are listening to this podcast. And bless them and prepare their hearts to, to love you, to serve you, so that at Christmas they may experience in a powerful way your presence. In a special way, be with those who are going through moments of doubt, of fear, of anxiety, of worry, of sinfulness, of brokenness, of suffering, of pain. Be with them and help them to know that in the chaos of their lives, you are with them. You are Emmanuel God with us. And also help us to prepare the way that we may have more of you and less of us in our lives, that in everything we do, we may radiate you, Jesus. This prayer we make through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all, and we hope you'll join us for episode three, which is all about the theme of receive. And we'll specifically be talking about angels. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless.